Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Come on, let's give it up for all the dads. Everybody, you look, if you got to have somebody in your life that drives you crazy, tells you some dad jokes. Come on. How many of you have heard some good dad jokes lately? <laughs> How many of you have told some good ones lately? I know I have. I'm at the point in my fatherhood now to where I'm just doing it on purpose to my kids. Like, I'm cooler than that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm so cool. I don't even, I, it, trust me, dad jokes aren't my thing. But I'm just doing it to my kids because it's fun. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know you're arrived as a dad when you start doing that. And so, anyway, happy Father's Day to all the dads uh, out there. We want to celebrate you today. In fact, all the kids at Emerge Kids have a little something uh, for dad they'll be coming out with. And we're going to take it to the next level because we got something for all the dads, too, on the way out of here uh, today. But a happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. And uh, just pray that your day is just ultra-blessed, ultra blessed today. Um, I, I got some new kicks on. I want to give a shout out to my boys for uh, helping me pick out some new kicks. Um, yeah, man. And so they are determined to keep me looking right. And uh, so we were at youth camp this week and I was speaking Wednesday night at, uh, at youth camp. And so they didn't want me to show up with my vintage Adidas. They wanted me to show up with my fresh Nikes. And, and so I am proud to say that I have shoes now that my children are jealous of. That's a good feeling, man. That's a good, good feeling. And so, anyway, uh, shout out to my children for making me feel like a million bucks. And um, anyway, today I want to share a message with you that um, it's just, I, I'm so excited to share this message, especially with it being on Father's Day. We're in the middle of this series right now um, called Living Your Life to the Fullest. And, and, and we're declaring that this is going to be the best summer ever. Amen? Come on, how many of y'all believe that? Best summer ever. And, and there's some things that I want to share today that I really, really believe are going to connect with your heart and help you to see God in a way that maybe you have never, ever seen him um, before. So before we jump in, I want to go to the book of Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. And we're going to read a little bit this morning as we set the stage just to share a little bit about who God is and how whenever we know who he really is, how we get to experience him to the fullest in our lives. And the context of this verse this morning, this is the Apostle Paul who's writing a letter to the church at Ephesus. Now, you have to understand, he's not just sitting at a desk because he has nothing else to do. This man is in prison for preaching the gospel. And in his time in prison, he figured he would make the most of his opportunities. And so he would sit and he would pen these letters that would be delivered to these different churches that he would start Come on, this man is not playing. He is for real. And so he would write these letters and they would deliver it to the different churches. And they would read the letters to the church and they would be so encouraged. And I want you to hear his language as he's sharing this. Because keep in mind, he is in prison. But listen to how he's talking. He says this, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father. The creator of everything in heaven and on earth. And I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources... He will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Now, it would be assumed that if he's in prison, he's struggling. But so far, just from one verse, I'm not feeling like the guy is struggling. Am I right? I feel like he's doing pretty good. I mean, he's just bringing the thunder and praying with some authority. And so watch what he says. I pray from his glorious unlimited resources that he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. 
Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to to understand fully. Then you will be made complete, watch this, with all the fullness of life. Then you will be made complete with all of the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now, all glory to God who is able. Come on, say he's able. All glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church, in Christ Jesus, through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Come on, that's a powerful prayer, am I right? That's so good. Let's pray before we jump in. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to gather today. And Lord, today we honor fathers. No matter how they were, no matter who they were in our lives, we thank you, Lord, that you put men in our lives to lead us and direct us. And Father, your word says, if our earthly fathers have been good, how much greater is our heavenly Father? And today, Lord, we honor you. We're so thankful that you call us your own, that we get to be your sons, your daughters. And Lord, I just pray that as we share this message today, that we will see you and recognize you in ways that we never knew before, that we would know your goodness, and God, that your goodness will change our lives forever and ever. Lord, help me today to share this message, Father, in the tone of heaven, in a life-giving way. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Have you ever had a friend or someone that you knew that had a skill or an ability that you didn't know about until, like, after you needed it? Like, here's a good example. Like, like if you're good at, at painting uh, houses and someone had just painted their house themselves, anybody ever tried that before? You took on that project because you were going to save money. And so you bought the cheap rollers, the cheap brushes, and, I, and my background is painting, and so hear me, don't buy the cheap stuff, buy the good stuff, okay? And so you went out because you were going to save money, and you got yourself in the middle of a mess. Anybody ever been there before? Just like you were just going to paint that room red, and next thing you knew, it took 42 coats to paint the room red. You're like, what have we got? And you were blaming everybody under the sun. You didn't like Sherwin. You didn't know, you didn't know much about him, but anybody named Sherwin you didn't like because they sell paint? Like, you were just losing your mind because it is harder than what you think and you finally muscled through that project after about three and a half months and it was all done you posted it on Instagram so all your friends could see all your hard work hashtag goals you know all that stuff and so you felt good about it and and, and then you're sitting there at dinner or hanging out with one of the guys one day and they just start telling oh yeah man I used to paint houses you're like if only I knew I would have called you. Come on, how many of y'all know what I'm talking about? If I had known that you did that, I would have called you, and you could have came over and painted my house for me. We would have been done like the first day. We could have went fishing. We could have went shopping. We could have done all the things we'd done. If I had only known, if I only knew that this is what you did, I would already be done. And I share that with you today in part two of Living Life to the Fullest because I think there are some things about God that if you had only known, Maybe you would have called on him ahead of time. But I think because we don't know these things about God, we're not calling on him. And sometimes we feel a little condemned because we don't pray like we feel like we should or we don't feel like we're doing enough when it comes to the things of God. When really it could just be, I didn't know. 
I didn't know that you did that, God. I didn't know that you were that. I just thought that we were like trying to be all religious and live right. I didn't know that you were a healer. I didn't know that you were a deliverer. I didn't realize all of these different things about you. And so today in part two of living life to the fullest, I want to share this message entitled, If I Had Only Known. If I Had Only Known. Now, this section of scripture is a prayer that Paul prays and he records for the church in Ephesus, and he's calling out to God, and, and notice how he calls him father. He, he speaks to God like he's got this inside relationship with him. How many of you, you know somebody, it's like whenever they pray, they just sound like they really, really know what they're doing. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? It's like, man, they just got like this inside connection to heaven. Like, how did they get that? How did they know how to pray like that? When I pray, it just feels like God help me, bless me, amen. And they're over there like reaching the third realms of heaven, pulling down like strongholds. What's a stronghold anyway? I'm just trying to make it through the day. Jesus bless the food, amen. And, and they're over there like just praying. Just like bringing thunder and lightning and everybody's like in awe because it just sounds powerful. It's like they know God in a way that fires them up. And I know God in a way that just makes me feel good. Just I feel better about it. But these people are praying like not only do they feel good about it, they are inspiring other people to feel good about it. It's, it's like that they know God in such a way that it has transformed their life into a state of boldness. Did you hear that? Into a state of like, I know who I am and I know who God is. Don't mess with me. And so when they get bad news, they may be shaken for a moment and then they just realize, oh, wait a minute. My father, my father's got this taken care of. And everyone seems to think that they're careless, but in reality, they're not careless. They're just careful about who they trust. They trust God. They just know who God is. And so this scripture right here, it's, it's right here in the middle. Uh, it's like an explanation. I want you to see this. Paul, he, he says what he, he's laying out this prayer in such a way that is so full of information. It's not just I'm praying to God. It's almost like I'm going to let you eavesdrop on something that I'm praying to God. But while I'm praying to God, I'm going to preach to you. That's what it feels like. It's almost like uh, I can remember when I first became a pastor at all the family outings. Like if you become a pastor in any family, you're automatically expected to bless the food like all the time. And if you got anybody in your family that is like really, really strong Christian, they pulling you aside and they're like, hey, you better preach to these people while you're up there praying today because they're probably never, ever going to hear the gospel if you don't. I worked with a guy one time. He was my supervisor, and, and, and he was a strong believer, man. He was one of them hellfire brimstone believers. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And uh, so we were doing our, our, our Christmas party, our, our department Christmas party. I was working at a hospital in Baton Rouge, and, 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 and I was riding to work with him, and he told me, I can't wait to pray today. I said, really? He said, yeah, I'm going to preach to these guys. Okay, what you going to say? I'm going to tell them that they're sinners and that they need Jesus. I said, <laughs> I said, I thought we were just blessing the food. He said, oh, we're going to bless the food later. First, we got to get down to business. And I'm going to tell you, that was a long prayer. 
That was a really, really long prayer. My thoughts was pray short and let me talk to him at lunch. You know what I'm saying? Like I can talk about Jesus while we eat, but this man started laying out all the foundations of sin, how it comes from your desires deep within, and that, <laughs> and that if you don't get it under control, it leads to a decision, and that decision leads you into the place of sin. And now that once you're a sinner, you have, once you're in sin, you have to be convinced that you're a sinner, and the law convicts, but the Spirit gives life. I mean, this guy was preaching all the gospel. And, and so I had a couple guys sitting next to me that were standing next to me. And here's the next level. He made us all hold hands. <laughs> Come on, somebody. We were all holding hands. So it gets a little awkward because palms get sweaty and stuff. And so they knew that I went to church with this guy. And so the guys on each side of me are like squeezing my hand. The longer he goes and the harder he gets, they just squeeze in my hand. And, and they were communicating. And every time they would squeeze my hand, it was like they were saying, what is he doing? And then at the end, it was getting a little more frequent. And what they were saying was, when is he going to stop? When can we just say amen? And so I learned a lot from that. I learned that whenever you pray at family functions, get to the point so we can eat. Amen. I mean, I'm just going to drop that right there. Because some of you, you get that opportunity and you're trying to like call down everything. Recall people's sins. Walk them down to Romans Road and all that stuff. Bless the food and let's eat. All right. So anyway, let's get back to this. It's Father's Day. A little tangent right there. Let's get back. Um, in this, in this, this one prayer, it's placed in a section of Scripture where Paul is trying to give a little explanation of what God's plan was for the Jews and the Gentiles. And he's trying to explain to them that it was God's plan for the Jews and the Gentiles to be united in Christ. And that God's purpose was to use the church to display God's wisdom to rulers and authorities in the high places, referring to the spirit realm. Can we go deep for a little bit today? And so before this prayer, Paul mentions, he says that we can approach God with boldness. That when we go to the throne of God, we don't have to be timid. We don't have to be shy. We don't have to be afraid, but we can go with boldness. Because I really believe this. I really believe that God wants to bless you. And some people would try to mess with me and say, stop preaching that prosperity gospel. And I would just say, get to know God a little bit. Because I think it's his pleasure, according to what scripture says, it's his pleasure to give us the kingdom. And when I think about that, the kingdom is great. It is massive. And if it is his pleasure to give us the kingdom, that just gives me a little, I, I mean, I'm using my context clues here. That just tells me that God really, really wants to bless his children. Amen. Just like you want to bless your kids, I believe God wants to bless you. And just like God don't want you to play around and act a fool. Come on, we don't want our kids to act a fool. Are you grabbing this today? And so he's going to help us stay straight, but he's also going to bless us because it's not just what he does, it's who he is. And I don't believe our, our behavior is going to cause God to, to, to cease being who he is. Did you hear that? I don't believe that your behavior is going to make God stop and say, well, I can't be good because uh, Job messed up. I quit. I'm not good anymore. He said, let me show you my goodness in your weakness. Let me show you my strength in your weakness. And let me help you to get right because I got a great life for you. He wants us to live life 
to the fullest. And so Paul is trying to set them up and help them to see all of this. There was a little tension between the Jews and the Gentiles. And he's really just trying to bring them together to see. God's bringing us together. He's establishing his church so that the goodness of God could be seen. And so that the power of God could be demonstrated to these rulers in high places. And we can go before God with boldness. And really what we see in this chapter is that Paul really had a good sense of who God was. He knew God. He knew what God can do. And so he, he's praying prayers that are empowering. He's praying prayers that are strong. And, and he's saying, God, give us the power to understand and the power to experience your love. This isn't just a cute little prayer. He's really digging down because part of the things that we're praying for is the things that God really is. And if we saw who he really was, we realize God's got this. And if there's anything you can be encouraged with today is that God's got this. Maybe you're walking through some things and you don't have all the answers. I want you to know God's got this. It did not got off the throne because this occurred in your life. In fact, it proves that he's still on the throne. And when we really, really look to him, he's reaching out his hand to help you to take that step, to move forward and get through this thing that you're dealing with. I believe that is the goodness of God. Amen. He says this. He says, you will be made complete with all the fullness of life from God. When you read scripture, you need to pay attention to things like that because he's talking about the fullness of life from God. And I don't believe that everyone truly gets to live life to the fullest. One of the phrases that are really hot right now are living my best life. And right now, most of them are pictures of people at the beach. Am I right? Or fishing or on vacation. We're living our best life, but the problem is we got to go home. And we got clothes to wash. Come on, let's get down to business here. Am I right? I mean, I love the trip, but when we get home, we got a ton of clothes to wash. Like, we got back from camp on Friday, and it's like every piece of clothing my children own are dirty. My daughter was gone for two weeks. She went to camp one week and then went to my parents and came home yesterday in the whole suitcase. Just clothes everywhere. And I don't see anyone in their laundry room taking a selfie, loading the washing machine. Hashtag living my best life. Am I right? No one's doing it. Like, who's going to clean the dishes out of the sink? I know you got a dishwasher. Somebody's got to load it. I have never seen anybody sitting there like loading the dishwasher. Living my best life. We don't do that. I came home on Friday. Like my yard is like a jungle. When I left for camp, it was like a desert. Like nothing was growing. All the grass was dead. It rains the whole time we're gone. And now I got a jungle growing. It's good to see green grass again. Amen. But I got a jungle growing. I'm not out there by the weeds going. Best life. man. Because I got work to do. We got work to do. And there are so many things in our life that makes us feel like we're missing out on the fullness of life. And so we're chasing things. And we think if I can get this next thing, it's going to give me the fullness of life that I'm searching for. That if I can get married, it's going to give me the fullness of life that I'm searching for. And people who are married is like, oh, it's going to be full. <laughs> or like if we have a kid. Oh, my whole life going to be happy if I have a kid. 3 a.m.'s coming, baby. <laughs> I visited uh, Keith and Shannon. Shannon, she, she leads our emerged babies, and so I went and see them yesterday. They had their little baby, little Noah Keith, cute little man, and so far so good. But, but 3 a.m.'s coming. 
Just because those things happen doesn't mean that you're not living life to the fullest. See, what if it's just the best in the moment? But it's not the best all the time. We're always going to chase a moment. But I need you to know that God's bigger than a moment. See, he exists in something called eternity. And eternity is a collection of moments that just keep going infinitely. And God is good in all the moments of our life, even when we're hashtag living our worst life. Did you hear that? Because those days come too. I don't mean to be negative today. I just want to be real because I get it. There are some things that we face in our life that would lead us to believe that God's not there. That God doesn't see, that God doesn't know. And in our limited understanding of God, it can put us in a position that we even question God's existence. Puts us in a place to where we're so diverted and distracted by our struggles that we fail to see how real and how good God really is. And therefore, in those moments where it is a challenge, we do not call on the Lord. We may call on a friend, but we don't call on the Lord. When in reality, we need to call the friend and we need to call on the Lord. Amen. Amen. Because you need somebody to walk with you, but you need someone to direct you. And I feel like we're going more to our friends for direction than to the Lord. See, our friends are there for support, but God is our source. That is such a good word right there. God is our source. I think if we are not careful, when we hear fullness of life, we may interpret it from our poverty. Meaning this, we may interpret it from what we don't have and just assume, because oh, the fullness of God, the fullness of life, I'm going to get everything I always wanted. And that's not true, because even though God wants to bless you, it doesn't mean that he's going to give you everything that you want. Like, there are some kids that want some things that they just should not have. Am I right? Like, you would be dangerous with those things, son. But i got to have it. No, it's just not going to happen. You're so mean. No, I'm not mean. I'm wise. I love people. That's why I'm not giving that to you. Because if I did give that to you, you're going to hurt the people that we are supposed to love. Now, we laugh at that, but sometimes whenever we ask God for something and he doesn't give it to us, we just get mad that God doesn't give it to us, and we just assume that God's not good because he didn't give me what I asked for, when God might be like, listen, it's not good for you to have this. Can I throw this out there? God's not going to give you something that's going to replace him. God's not going to give you something that is going to replace him in your life. And if that frustrates you, that puts us in the place to get some priorities straight. And I think once we get things in order, then maybe God will give us that because he'll see that you will never replace him with that thing. I think that is a maturing process. Happy Father's Day, everyone. <laughs> I feel like I'm a little far away from you guys. I'm sorry. I keep walking back and forth. I want to be close, but yet this is back here. Okay, let's go back fullness of life. Sometimes we interpret that from our preferences, okay? What we want more of. I like that, so I want more of it. It's like a little child, and I keep referring to children because we are children, but it's like a little kid that just wants to keep eating ice cream all the time. You can't have ice cream for breakfast. Why? Because it's not good for you, but I like ice cream. Well, I like ice cream too, but it's not wise for you to eat ice cream all the time. Are you grabbing this? It's a preference. And sometimes we, we only want to see God through our preference instead of who he is. And listen, 
there's a reason why our kids think grandparents are so great. Because they give them ice cream for breakfast. And some of you moms in here say, I will never do that. When you become a grandparent, you will. Because you'll say, I never got to do this with my kids, and now I get to, and send them home. Some of that's payback to your own kids, too. Let them deal with the sugar rush. We, we can interpret the fullness of life through our preferences, though. I think we can also interpret the fullness of life from our potential, what the possibilities are. And I think that's good, because there are possibilities of what God can do in your life and how God can use you. But I want you to know that the fullness of life isn't found in the what's. It's not found in things. See, I believe the what's, the things, are the results of having the fullness of God in your life. But the things do not give me the fullness of life. I believe they're just results. That's it. It's not the reality of the fullness of life. It's just the results of it. The, the reality of the fullness of life doesn't come from what, but it comes from who. It comes from that relationship that we have with our Father. Now, this is a tricky situation for us because most of the time, the way that we interpret, interpret God as our Father is based off of usually our relationships with fathers. And so when we don't have a healthy relationship to look at with the Father, without realizing it, our perspective of our Heavenly Father is skewed a little bit because we see fathers operating usually the way the most influential father in our own life has operated. And I want you to know that God is a really good father. We can sing the song today. He's a good, good father. But we can say that in concept, but do we see that in reality? Because there is the possibility that maybe you didn't have the best father growing up. And maybe he did some things that hurt you and affected your life so much that to this point today, you're still struggling with it. And that is some really, really difficult things to work through. But I need you to know that just because an earthly father isn't good doesn't mean that your, your heavenly father is not good. He is all good all the time. And he really, really understands what you need and who you are and all the different things that are necessary to help you to move forward in this life and be the very person that he has created you to be and live in the fullness of life. Not just, well, we're barely making it, but the fullness of life. How many of you really believe that God wants you to experience the fullness of life? Come on, do you believe that today? Some people are like, well, if I just get my share, it'll be good. Listen, that is not how God is thinking. Trust me, buy a kid a really good gift for their birthday. And, and if your kid is six years old and you buy them a brand new bike, they're like, nah, it's too good, mom and dad. It's just too good. I don't want it. Take it back. Give me some marbles. Like kids don't even know what marbles are today. They wouldn't do that. They would be so excited because it is so good. And listen, kids know when they don't deserve stuff. Like I remember growing up, like Christmas time, I, we grew up with some Santa Claus theology. You know what I'm talking about? If you better watch out, you better not pout, better not cry. Santa Claus is coming. If you ain't good, you ain't getting nothing. Every year, God blessed us. Every year. Why? Because love covers. Love covers. And sometimes we don't see God that way. We just feel like God's trying to prove his point. Trying to punish us. Trying to pull one on us. I, today, I just really hope that we can help you see God 
for who he really is. And so today what I want to do is I want to give you a doctrine lesson. Let's go to theology class today. Come on, you, I know you hear the word doctrine, you're like, boring. Well, I've never been your teacher, so hold on. You hear theology, you're like, checking out, let me go get coffee, go get a bagel, go check on my kid, make sure they're okay back there. But listen, there's some really good stuff in here that when you hear it, you were like, if only I had known. If only I had known, then my prayers would sound different. My walk would look different. I, I, I would approach this thing completely different. So let's, let's jump into this today. Okay? Let's look at some attributes of God. The first thing that I need you to know is this, is that God is always good. I know, half of you are like, amen, that's good. Others of you are like, maybe. We'll see. I hope so. But God is always good. So the Bible describes God this way, that God, he is holy. Okay? And when we hear that, automatically our religious minds kick in. We agree with it, but we don't understand that altogether. Listen, if you're holy, that means that you're without sin, that you are righteous. The word righteous means right standing. And so you and I, we receive righteousness in Christ. How many of you know that we are not always good people? How many of you have ever committed a sin before? Let me just see your hand today. I mean, look at all of us, all here together. How dare we, as sinners, stand before a holy God? Thank God that he's good to send Jesus to die on the cross for unholy people to be made holy. Watch this. We really didn't deserve it because those choices were ours. Those choices to sin, that was on me. Am I right? Like, I made that decision to do that crazy thing that Friday night when I knew I should have been home. I did that. Back in college, that was me. I had these friends, though, that helped me. Those things we choose, we get ourselves into it, but God is still good because God says, look, I know that you don't deserve it, but I want you. I want a relationship so much with you that I'm going to give my best to bring forgiveness into your life so that we can erase your worst so that you can be in this relationship with a holy God. That's why I can say that God is good. He is taking care of the hard work so that you and I can be in a relationship with him. And even though he is holy, the door is open because Jesus made a way. Are you grabbing this? So God is righteous. He is just. And when we say he is just, I'm not talking about he's going to look at it all, look at the bad, look at the good, and try to find the in-between. He's going to look at making everything right. If it's wrong, he can make it right because he's right. And a lot of times we don't think that God is right because we want to be right. And a lot of times in our attempt to be right, we're actually wrong. I, I wanted to tell you, look at your neighbor and tell him you're wrong, but I didn't want to start any feuds in the church because some of you, you got, I, I could tell you got some things heavy on you and you just want to say, you wrong, especially like to a spouse or a kid. You wrong. And y'all don't do that. We don't need that in church. God is good. He's just. He always does what is right. He's loving. 
And let me tell you why he's loving. And if you don't grab this, this is scary because you can fall into a trap of thinking that God's, God's love is unconditional. God is loving because he is love. In fact, you cannot define love without God. And a lot of people are trying to define love without God, and that's where people get hurt. I know you didn't really want to hear that because you got all kind of ideas rolling through your mind right now about all the different ways that we need to love. But I want you to know that God is the one that put love on the map because he is love. And no one can love the way God loves. In fact, God loves so much, he even loves people that disagree with him. God loves people who reject him. God loves people that don't want anything to do with him. He still loves. We have a hard time with that. Imagine somebody coming in your face every day, just all up in your grill, just telling you all kind of stuff about how they don't like you, like every day. And I don't know, maybe you have that person in your life. We're praying for you, okay? But imagine, it would be hard to love that person, am I right? God still loves them. The Bible tells us in Romans 8 that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. Nothing in heaven, nothing Watch this. Nothing in hell. And that's a bad place. But he says nothing. There's not a demon that can separate you from God's love. There's not an angel. There's nothing that can separate you from God's love. Why? Because God is love. And he doesn't stop loving. Maybe you've done some things that make you feel like you're unlovable. I need you to know God never stopped loving you. He's still loving you today. That's why we can say God is always good. He doesn't stop being good just because we do, just because mankind does. He doesn't stop loving because we may be unlovable. In fact, I have found that God continues to show his love to us even more. God is reaching out, saying, I love you, and I want you to know that. He's merciful. He's gracious. He's kind. In fact, do you know, even in the Old Testament where you see all these events that are occurring, and it just looked like the wrath of God is just being poured out every day. You know how they were describing him? He's slow to anger and rich in love. That's how they defined him in the Old Testament. When I mean, it just looked like everybody is being slaughtered for their sins. That's what it looked like. And it's still he's still being described as he's slow to anger and rich in love. Because he's always good. Even when mankind is doing some of the most evil things, God is still good. God is still love. He is not falling apart. He is still merciful. He is still gracious. He is still kind. He is consistent. He's never changing. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Like, this is who God is. So watch this. This is what was written in the book of Psalms. It says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord, our God, is good, blessed, happy, fortunate, to be envied is the man who trusts and takes refuge in him. Taste and see that God is good. I'm a picky eater, I just have to admit. And some of you, you push me into situations I prefer not to be in. You need to see the goodness of God. And I think a lot of times people are seeing a picture of God and based off the picture, they say, I would never taste that. And sometimes that picture of God comes from people like us. 
Because we present people a picture of God that makes them look like he is so mean, he is so angry, he is so out of control. When actually he is so in control, so loving, so consistent, so gracious, so kind. That if we really got to know him, watch this, it would change our life. If we really got to know him, it would change our lives. Can I let you in on a little secret? That's why I'm trying to help us see who God is. Because I believe if we saw him in his fullness, it would change our lives completely. So the goodness of God shows us how compassionate God really is. God is a good God. Amen. Do you believe that? He is a good God. Here's the next thing I want you to know. God is all-knowing. Notice I didn't say God's a know-it-all. I mean, you know somebody who's a know-it-all. Like every situation, they just know everything. Like they do not know the phrase, I don't know. Can I tell you, there's a lot of things I don't know. Some of you are like, amen. <laughs> and there's a lot of things you don't know either. <laughs> Come on, everybody, say amen right there for that person. Amen. He's all-knowing. So here's a big word that they used to describe God. He's omniscient. He's omniscient. Knowing all things all the time. What does that mean, Pastor Wade? It means he isn't surprised. It didn't shock him like it shocked us. It didn't scare him like it scared you. Because he's all-knowing. Meaning this. And don't just look at it from a fortune teller perspective. Because sometimes it's like, well, if God knew, he wouldn't have let it happen. Listen, there were decisions that you and I made that we knew what was going to happen if we made that decision and we still made the decision anyway. That was just a lack of wisdom. God is wise. Like kids, they do things and sometimes we just let them do it. Why? Because it's going to teach them a lesson. And some of you are like, that's just terrible parenting. Okay. Your kids are going to grow. You're going to see them do some things, and you're going to try to tell them. And listen, you're going to have kids at one point in your life, they're going to act like they know everything. And some of you are like, I know, they're there now. But then the day will come where they're like, you do know mom and dad. And I think we go through that stage as well in our walk with God, where we feel like we know everything, but then through some situations that we've gotten ourselves into, we look at and we're like, God, okay, I'm humbled now. You do know what you're talking about. You are all-knowing. And that's that point of surrender I believe God really wants us to be at. You know, God doesn't get confused. God doesn't get shaken. He's wise. You know why he's wise? Because he is wisdom. See, wisdom isn't just something that you find in a book. Somebody had to start it. And God is wisdom. And so when you're reading through like the book of Proverbs where it talks about the wise and being wise and all those things. Start reading the book of Proverbs through the perspective that wisdom is God and it really comes alive. If not, it just becomes achievement. It becomes an achievement of knowledge that if I gain more knowledge, then I'm really, really going to be wise. And listen, I've seen some of the most educated people do some of the craziest things. So it's not a matter of the level of education as much as it is this relationship with the one who is wisdom. And so whenever I have a relationship with the one who is wise, I have an unlimited access to wisdom in my life. 
Are you, are you seeing this today? That's why I entitled the message, If Only I Had Known. Because if I knew that God was that wise, I would have called on him for wisdom. And he would have just told me what to do. But if I don't know that he is wisdom, I don't call on him. And then later after the situation, when I find it out, I wish I would have known that before. But God is wisdom. He's all-knowing. Watch this. He's perfect. He's perfect. Meaning that God didn't mess up. Even though man messes up, even though we make some decisions that make God look bad, God didn't mess up. He is perfect. He is holy. And honestly, I believe this. If God wasn't perfect, I don't think people would be serving him today. I don't. But he is perfect. And this is what's so great about God. He doesn't flaunt the perfection. He invites the imperfect in to help, watch this, influence their imperfection with his perfection. And he does it through a process called maturity. And if he didn't do it through maturity, we would just boast and act like we were all that. But God matures us so that we grow into who he wants us to be instead of just jumping around. Well, I'm God. Listen, anybody could put a costume on and act like Superman, but it doesn't mean that you're Superman. There's something on the inside that really, really makes that person strong. There's something that God puts on the inside of us that makes us who we are. And so he's perfect. He's wise. Not only does he have all the answer, he is the answer. See, it's not just God tell me what to do. A lot of times we're asking God, tell me what to do. God, give me the answer. God, give me the answer. And you're like, God ain't tell me nothing. God, give me the answer. And God's not telling us anything. And God's really trying to help you to see, I'm the answer. This relationship with me is the most important thing in your life. And out of that relationship is going to flow the wisdom the discretion, the understanding that you need. But a lot of times we just go to God for a give me. Give me this, give me that. And God's like, listen, I don't want to just be a sugar daddy. Can we say that here? Because I just did. God wants that relationship with you. He wants a legit relationship with you. Legit. A consistent relationship with you. That doesn't get turned off during certain times of the year or when your favorite TV show is streaming on Netflix. He wants a consistent relationship with you so that in every season you see that he is good. I got to get rolling. Come on, let's go. He's all knowing. He can be trusted. Because he's all knowing, he can be trusted. And because he can be trusted and he is all knowing, we can have confidence. Okay, Isaiah 46 says this, remember the things I have done in the past for I alone am God. I am God and there is none like me. Only I can tell you the future before it even happens. Everything I plan will come to pass. Look at your neighbor and say, I could preach on that. Everything I plan will come to pass. This is so good. Remember the things I've done, he said. God is always good. Here's the next thing, number three. God is always present. God is always present. Let me break it down like this for you. He is faithful. Let me say it like this for you. He is reliable. Let me say it like this for you. He doesn't forget you. 
See, there's someone in here today who's struggling because you feel like God's forgotten all about you. And God hasn't forgotten you. He is always present. He is with you even when you don't think that he is. He is there. He said he will never leave you or forsake you. He is always present. If you need a big word to describe that, he is omnipresent. No matter where you go, he is there. See, the problem isn't that God isn't there. The problem is that we are not giving him the attention that he needs. Because we're distracted by other things. Do you know that it's not just good things that distract us. Your fear can be a distraction. Your worry can become a distraction. Because you can become so consumed with what's not that you can't see what is. And you can't see who is. Because that worry, it makes it feel like it's so very real. But if we can remove the feelings, the facts are that God is present. That is the fact. And so whenever we know that God is present, it gives me comfort. When I know that he is with me, it's like a child walking in the dark. They're afraid. But if mom or dad is right there with them, they're not scared. They feel more confident. They may have been bullied on the playground. But when mom and dad show up at school, they start trash talking. It's like, kid, don't do that. Stop. I'm not going to go beat up your friend for you. It would be rude. I'll show you a few things when we get home. No, don't do that. Anyway. It's amazing how whenever the kid is with us, how bold they get. And this is why I want to, again, stress the relationship with God. Because when we're with him, we're bold. And even though those situations are coming at him, my daddy will take you down. When that fear comes at you like a lie, you're like, listen, you can tell me whatever you want. My father is the truth. Well, what you going to do about it? I'm going to tell my daddy. And I know that sounds childish, but that's real. That's prayer. I'm going to go to my father and father is going to advise me on how to move forward. The Holy Spirit is going to give me some direction on how to take care of this thing. Why? Because I'm going to a who? Going to him. God, I need you. He's going to give me some wisdom. He's present. Psalm 139. Where could I go from your spirit? Where can I run and hide from your face? If I go to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the realm of the dead, you're there too. If I fly with the wings into the shining dawn, you're there. If I fly into the radiant sunset, you're there waiting. Wherever I go, your hand will guide me. Your strength will empower me. Wherever I go, you're there. Even in the middle of that crazy family situation, he's there. Even in the middle of all your fears, he is there. Even in the middle of all your highlight moments, he is there. Even when little Donnie hits a home run, he's there. Even when little Susie strikes out, he's there. He's there. He's there. He's always there. But we don't live like he's there. We live like he's somewhere else. What if we lived like he was there? It would change our life. Here's the next thing. God is all-powerful. He is all-powerful, meaning this, he has no needs. He has no needs. He's got enough. He supplies all of our needs. He has it all so he can supply all our needs. Watch this. He has the power to forgive sin. Notice what I said, the power to forgive sin. He has the power to make all the effects of the sin that would cause damnation and curses to come on your life To be broken off. So that all the punishment that would be stored up and all the wrath that was supposed to be given to you. He has so much power that he can call it off. And say you're forgiven. 
That's powerful. Like this is the powerful God that we're dealing with here. This is the one that we have the opportunity to have a relationship with. He has the power to make the worst the best because he's a redeemer. He's a healer. That means he has power over sickness. And so if you have sickness in your body, go to the doctor, but pray to God and pray for the doctor who treats you. Just because he gives you bad news doesn't mean that he's bad. That just means he has to tell you what he found. But I'm going to pray for my doctor. Too. Listen, if you're going for major surgery, I'm praying for the doctor. Lord, God, this doctor's hands. I pray that he's making good decisions before he starts cutting me open. Seriously. But I trust God. And people can give me information that may break my heart, that may be overwhelming. But at the end of the day, we've got to be the people that say, i got such a relationship with God that I'm going to trust him. That we're going to make it through this, even though it sounds hard, even though it sounds tough. And I think that's the point where our confidence as believers really starts to kick in. And I believe that's where we start gaining some victory in our lives. Instead of always living in the state of being a victim. Well, this happened to me. And now this happened to me. God meant for us to live life to the fullest. And listen, I believe God meant for us to be advancing instead of just running scared from things to safe places, running like with boldness towards him who is safe. He's a strong tower is how the Bible, uh, how the Bible describes it. And the righteous run to him and are safe. We run to him. Why? Because he's all powerful. That means that he can handle our enemies. Let's personify this a little bit because some of us in here, we have some people in our lives that have legitimately become our enemies. And we've been strategizing, game planning, how to take them down. Stop because you're going to wind up doing something you don't need to do and wind up making a newspaper. Quit it. Seriously, that's how it starts. It starts little. First time you're going to give them a little gesture, maybe with the hand, and then it leads to an expression with the hand. Don't do that. That's how you get fired and stuff. Can I tell you, the Lord knows how to fight your battles. So, you know, we sing that song, this is how I fight my battles. Everybody gets all excited about it. And the Lord may give you the strategy of like going and telling them a compliment. (laughs) Everybody's like, whatever. (laughs) There's a a guy who plays quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts, Andrew Luck. Uh, You don't have to cheer for him. He's not really that great. But anyway. They said whenever he gets sacked, which has happened a lot, when he gets sacked, he compliments the guy that sacked him, and it just aggravates him. Hey, man, that was a really good hit. Hey, like, stop telling me that. You're supposed to be mad at me. To the point they don't even want to mess with the guy anymore. And his strategy, he's getting in their head. And what's bad is you and I, we fall so much for the strategy of the devil to get in some kind of argument or some kind of fight where we lose our Christianity. Come on. And that is not the strategy because God may say something like this. Pray for them. You're like, God, I don't even pray for the people I love. How am I going to pray for the people I don't love? (laughs) Send the Bible. Somewhere around Matthew 3 and 4. Bless those who persecute you. Love your enemies. Just love my enemies. Have you ever said that before? God, I thank you for every every single enemy that I have. (laughs) No, we say, God, destroy them. (laughs) Rain down fire and brimstone upon them, but give me grace and mercy. God can handle your enemies. 
But don't be surprised if he doesn't save them. What if he saved them? Forgave them? Turned their life around? Could we be okay with it? Think about that. What if that enemy is in your own house? I'm going to hear about Andrew Luck again now, huh? God's all-powerful. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. There are people who are bound with some pretty serious things. And they need help. And we need some good coaching for those people. We need some good counseling for them. But can I tell you, just as much as they need coaching and counseling, they need the counselor. Because God has the power to set them free. He really, really does. And can I just say this? If you've ever dealt with an addiction, that does not define you. I just feel the need to say that. That does not define you. That might be your struggle, but guess what? God says you're his son. You're his daughter. Amen? God doesn't see that. He sees the blood of Jesus that was given for your life so that you can be free, so that you can be redeemed. Amen? And God's faithful to bring the right people in our life to help us to conquer these things that are trying to take us down and trying to keep us from living life to the fullest. It might be your struggle, but that ain't your life. Amen? It may be your struggle, but that doesn't mean that it's your life. Because you can still live life to the fullest. And let me say this. God isn't saying, well, you did that, so now you can't have this. I still think God's saying, you can have that. You can have that. Why? Because you're my son. You're my daughter. You're my child. And I don't want to withhold any good thing from you. It's my desire to give you the kingdom. And that addiction may have been strong in your life. It may have been powerful in your life. But he says, I'm all powerful. And I have the power to bless you even though this thing hurts you. Come on, somebody. Listen, you may be today dealing with some pain that was inflicted upon you through family. Maybe even through father. And it may have made you feel completely powerless. Watch this. To forgive. It may have put you in a state where you feel paralyzed and you can't take risks that you felt like you needed to take. You can't do the things that you felt like you needed to do. And that trap, and I want to call it that, it's a trap. But I want you to know that prison door is open. That prison door is open. It is not locked. Why? Because he is a God that sets us free. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so it's a step of, God, I'm stepping with you. And I feel like today the Lord is saying, take a step with me today. I feel like the Lord is saying, it's time for you to take a step with him in this relationship with him. Maybe you didn't see him as a healer, but now it's time to start trusting him as a healer. Because now you're seeing how good God is and that it's his will for you to be healed. It's his desire for you to be saved. It's his desire for you to be delivered and set free. It is what he wants for you. And when we, again... If I had only known. If I had only known that God was capable of doing that, I would have prayed to him a long time ago. I would have asked him to do that a long time ago. Do you believe this about him? And do you believe that this almighty God who is all-powerful, who is all-knowing, who is always present and is always good, 
believe that he would open his arms and say, I want a relationship with you. Even though you may sit there and say, I'm not always good, God. And I'm not always in control. And I don't always think the right way. And I got a bunch of failures under my belt that I'm trying to clean up. Maybe you've fallen into the place of saying, when I get all this fixed, then you and me will get together. And God is saying today, you don't have to wait. I'll take you like you are. Your brokenness, I can heal. Your sin, I can forgive. Your anger, I can calm it down. So I can do that. Will you open your hearts to him today and allow him to be that father, to be the God who is all-powerful, change your life. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today, maybe you've fallen into a routine that, that you would classify as religious because you know some good values. I know I need to go to church. I need, I need to do some specific spiritual practices are always so good but perhaps it's missing that relationship with Jesus Christ perhaps you're still trying to fix your sins and make up for it when Jesus is saying I want to forgive them maybe in fact maybe you're a dad here today and you're trying to get back on track with things and you feel like there's a lot of redemption you need to make and you're trying to clean it up and it's a struggle you don't have to do it on your own. God's a redeemer. So if you're here today and you say, Pastor Wade, I'm hearing this and I realize I need more than just a good religious routine. Listen, we need the practice. But the practice without the person doesn't mean a whole lot. If you're here today and you say, I need this relationship with Jesus that you're talking about. And whenever I get close to him, I realize now that it's going to change the way I live. I need a relationship with Jesus Christ. No matter where you're at today, he is for you. And if that's you, and you want us to pray with you today, I just want you to slip up a hand really quick, and you can put it right back down. Anyone else to say, Pastor, can you pray for me? I promise you I'm not going to embarrass you. I want to know Jesus. I want to know God for who he is. Anyone else? Several hands were raised today. Yes, ma'am. Anyone else? This is the best part of the service because this is the time that we respond to God and every Sunday I get the privilege to lead our church in this prayer and I want to invite you today to join us and maybe you've prayed this prayer a thousand times today may be the first time you pray this prayer I think it's always powerful because we're calling on the all-powerful God to come and forgive our sins and change our lives and today can be a new beginning for someone in this room will you pray this with me say it out loud mean it with your heart say dear Lord thank you for loving me even when I was at my worst. You continue to give me your best. Thank you for sending Jesus to the cross to die for my sins. For every decision I made, for every mistake I made, for everything I did that was wrong and was opposed to you, I ask you to forgive me. And I ask you to give me a fresh start today, a new beginning. But this time, I choose to follow your ways. I give you my heart, and I surrender my life to you. 
And I ask you today to help me be the person that you created me to be. Help me to overcome my past and to move forward with you. Choose to live my life your way. In Jesus' name.